What is up, everybody? Welcome into Locked on Tigers. I am your host, Chris Castellani. Thank you for tuning in. It is Tuesday, September 15th, 2020. No ball game yesterday for the Tigers. They had an off day as they were traveling, I believe, back to Detroit. They will play a series against the Royals starting tonight. And in segment two, I'm going to preview that game. Probably going to be a short show today. Obviously, no game to talk about. So this first segment will be a lot of rambling, which... It usually is coming from me, right? I'm, 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 I'm Mr. Rambler. But I just, yesterday's show was very negative, and I don't take back a lot of that negativity. I think, look, in general, I think I've been pretty fair, like from the beginning. I take pride in my objectivity. I take pride in my ability to be fair. I, I don't think this podcast, it's one of the things about me in general, my reputation, that does bother me. And I think I've dug my own grave in this, in this aspect, I, and I get that is that I have the reputation of being constantly angry, constantly negative. Uh, I don't I don't view it that way. I get why people view it that way. I made my bones early on as being a guy who was the Tigers rant guy, who was Mr. Anger, who was Mr. Negative. I understand that, but I think for the most part I've been pretty fair. I, I, and in general, I don't I, I envy people who can be overly positive about this. I, I that we look at this team, 98 losses in 17, 98 and 18, 114 last year, they stink again this year. I don't know how to spin that positively. I think I've I think I've done a good job of finding positives. I have mentioned when guys have been playing well. I complimented them on the draft. I thought they had an excellent draft. I think the future is brighter. I don't know how bright it is, and that's what I'm going to talk about in this first segment today, is basically like, okay, this season, whatever chances, optimism, postseason, yeah, blah, 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 that's kind of out the window. So so let's talk about where this organization is at currently, and I'll be discussing this a lot more in the postseason, but since we had an off day yesterday, let's, let's talk about it right now. How are we feeling as a fan base? How am I feeling as a diehard fan? Look, sometimes, look, I want to believe. I want to believe that there's something special brewing here. I want to believe that there's going to be a legit contender here over the next three, four years. You know, hopefully the 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 uptick starts next season. So what's it going to take for me to change my kind of apathetic view of this team? Because I personally, I don't necessarily believe in the future here right now. Now that is very subject to change. One great offseason, one great draft even, uh, one great trade, one great signing, it could could change all of that. Right now, the, while things are better, they are not in the, the depths that they were at even a year ago at this point. The farm system is better, they have drafted better. I think, well, I have I don't have a lot of confidence in what will happen uh, if, if and when Chris Illich does open the checkbook. I think over the last year or so, the signings have been better. I, I liked the Crone signing. I liked the Scopes signing. I can't say that. I liked the Crone signing. I liked the Scope signing. Maybe whatever, Romine, whatever. But I, I think those were better. So there has been improvement, but the doubts that I have had over the last several years remain the same. And that is Alavila's ability to pull the string and make the right decisions. Chris Illich's ability to spend money, will he do it? And if he does, th- th- those two kind of go hand in hand because if he does decide to spend money, how will Avila spend that money? Because we've seen on multiple occasions dating back to the 2015 offseason when he made some moves that were disastrous. The Lowe deal was a disaster. The Pelfrey deal was a disaster. The Zimmerman deal, the worst contract in the history of sports. And I know I'm repeating myself a bit here. I talked about this a lot on my buddy Justin Spiro's podcast a couple weeks ago, but it's worth repeating. The only evidence we have of Avila 
being kind of a, a high roller GM was after 2015, and he made three terrible contracts. Illich is the ultimate mystery bag. I, I don't know what the deal is. I don't know if he wants to spend the money. I don't know how invested he is in this baseball team. Maybe he is really invested. I I don't know. And that's where there's so much uncertainty here. It's uncertainty that, to me, the Twins don't have. It's uncertainty to me that the Indians, as frustrating as they are with their kind of inability to, to spend sometimes, it, it's, it's uncertainty I don't have with them. It's definitely not uncertainty that I have with the White Sox. And it's where I think a lot of my issues lie. Because I do believe there's legit talent here. I do believe that these guys will grow. I've been somewhat critical and frustrated with the development of Mize and the development of Scooball so far at the major league level, but I think they'll grow. I think pending health, they will be good. But it needs to be said that in 2011 through 2014, as good as the Tigers were, and they were an elite baseball team, they were a top five team talent-wise in baseball every single year, they benefited significantly from the fact that they rarely had a challenger. In 2011, the Indians gave them a run for a little bit. They ended up pulling away and winning by a lot. 2012, the White Sox, an inferior team, gave them a lot of trouble. Tigers, I think, were three back with 18 to go, ended up pulling away and winning the division, ultimately making it to the World Series. Yes, in 2013, they only won the division by a game. I was never worried about that Cleveland team, and ultimately the Tigers clinched it with, with more than enough time to spare and that they ended up losing their last couple games, making that deficit a lot closer than uh, it, it actually was. 2014 was the only year they ever had a true challenger. And while talent-wise, they were substantially better than the Royals, they only won the division by a game. The point I'm trying to make is that as good as those Tigers teams were, they benefited from what was either a struggling and or rebuilding or floundering AL Central. You had the White Sox who were floundering, who were out in an island on their own for a long time. You had the Indians who were rebuilding, who eventually got really, really good. You had the Royals who were rebuilding and got really, really good. You had the Twins who were rebuilding. I mean, they benefited from how poor that division was. The division is good now. And yeah, look, I, I think that there are teams in this division who probably wouldn't be able to sustain their success over a 162-game season. I love the Chicago White Sox. I don't know if that's a baseball team, given their youth and inexperience, that would be able to keep up this pace that they're at over a 162-game campaign. I think next year they will be. I just I don't know about this year. The division is way better. The Indians, as frustrating as they are, while they have taken steps backward, they are not what they were in 2016 or 17 or even 18. I, I think that's a really good team, and they develop talent as well as anybody. The Minnesota Twins are a solid organization, and they're young, and they have a good mix of veterans and youngsters, and they have a seemingly a very good manager in Rocco Baldelli. They've spent their money pretty wisely over the last several years. That's a well-run organization and a well-run team. So that's three teams in this division that are good and, more importantly, probably going to be good for a while here. I don't know what the shelf life is on the Minnesota Twins. You know, they're so small market, but either way, over the last couple of years, they've done a good job of developing talent that they'll probably always be competitive, at least for the time being. And even the Royals, while I'm not worried about them yet, they're building something. Brady Singer looked really good his last time out. They have a couple of young pitchers that are developing. Whit Merrifield, at the very least, will be an incredible trade piece for them uh, going forward over the next several years. And then you have the Tigers, who maybe, may, have the highest ceiling outside of the White Sox of any team in this division, but also have, to me, the most question marks. 
you look at the other teams, and this is what this episode is about. It's about comparing them to this division because I, I know 16-team postseason, and maybe they'll expand the postseasons here soon, but that is your measuring stick. It, it's who else is in your division. The Yankees did that for years. The Red Sox did it for years. You compare yourself to your rival teams, to the teams that you're going to see 20 times a season. I trust the White Sox front office. The, over the last three years, their hit rate on trades and signings has been remarkable. I trust the Twins front office. Indians front office, maybe a few more question marks, but in terms of their scouting and player development, second to none. I trust the Royals front office. Dayton Moore has done an unbelievable job there. There's one team in this division who I think has a giant question mark over their heads in terms of front office, in terms of management, in terms of scouting, in terms of player development, and that's the Tigers. Now, while we are in year five of a rebuild or year four of a rebuild, I think it is still fair to say that the Tigers are still catching up in terms of how they scout, how they draft, and in terms of analytics and, and sabermetrics. This team was as archaic as it got during the Dombrowski era. And you know what? Dombrowski's a genius. That man, on his own, scouted talent as well as anybody. But as we saw during the end of his tenure here, that whole eye test principle wasn't holding water anymore. It was the whole eye test that led to Suarez getting traded for Simon and you know dishing out Porcello like like some really disastrous moves. I think they are still trying to play catch up, but uh, that's not good enough. It's your four of a rebuild. You should have caught up by now. I think it is extremely fair at this point in the game to say that next year the Detroit Tigers should be competitive. I'm not saying. Make it to the postseason. I'm not even saying go 500. I'm saying by July or August, you should be four or five games out of the wild card. I think the next five, six months of Alavila's tenure here are going to go a long way in determining how the fan base is feeling about the future of this organization. It's a good free agent class. You have some good players out there. JT Riomilto is absolutely who the Tigers should hone in on. I mean, history could repeat itself. This would be their Pudge Rodriguez. Because Pudge was, he was awesome in Detroit. But what Pudge did was went so much beyond the box score. You had a catcher, a veteran catcher, who, who had an a, elite arm, was an elite game caller. You know, this is kind of before pitch framing was a big deal, but I'm sure he was a wonderful pitch framer as well. Riomilto does all those things. Riomilto is the best catcher in baseball and you have a rebuild built around young arms it, it, it's a slam dunk you need to and I'm not maybe somebody will offer him some ridiculous contract and you back out at the last second I get that but you need to be making a run at all of these guys how many big time free agents over the last several years have the Tigers been in on how, how many times in the last week before they signed people said well Detroit's making a push at him zero zilch nada that has to change, and if that does, and they start signing some players that are actually worth something to contracts that are reasonable, not bloated, not Jordan Zimmerman past his prime five years, 110 mil, the faith of the fan base and the faith of yours truly could begin to be restored. But I think a lot of people right now are feeling general apathy. Like, even last year, I think that there were more people who were kind of willing to put up with the awfulness. After this year, people are done, and they should be. Four years in a row of completely sucking is more than long enough. Has anybody noticed that the Mariners, who started their rebuild after 2018, when they missed the playoffs for, what, the 17th year in a row, are closer to the postseason right now than the Tigers are? Doesn't that bother anybody else? Doesn't that frustrate anybody else? Sure as hell bothers me. 
it's not out of the realm of possibility that they could turn this thing around, but it's going to start the second this season ends. The question marks are still aplenty in this organization, and it is remarkably frustrating considering how deep we're supposedly in to this rebuild. So that'll do it for segment one. When I get back, I'm going to preview uh, tonight's pitching matchup uh, battle between the fourth and fifth place teams and the AL Central Tigers going up against the Royals. We'll be right back. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even a new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And we are back everybody. Tigers began a series tonight. Against the Kansas City Royals, Tigers come in with a record of 20 and 26. Royals 20 and 28. Battle of the basement you have on the mound for the Royals. We'll start with KC. You have Danny Duffy, left-hander, been there for them for forever, man, going back to their uh, their glory days in 2014 and 2015. He comes in with a three and three record and a 4.24 ERA. Duffy gets the start in Detroit after throwing five and two-thirds of shutout ball against the Indians Wednesday in Cleveland. He gave up four hits, walked four, and struck out four. You know, there was a time, and I've, I've discussed this before, there was a time where I think Danny Duffy could have been an elite pitcher in Kansas City, and I, I don't think they screwed up his development any, but I think inconsistency and in injuries really, really screwed him up, but he's still, he's still got good stuff. He's still capable of giving you innings, but he's also very capable of getting blowed up. He wasn't very good last season, and he wasn't particularly good the year before. He's, he's, he's an average pitcher at best. In terms of a guy who's below average on the mound for the Tigers, you have Matt Boyd, who comes in with a 1-6 record and a 7-6-3 ERA. Boyd was showing signs of a late-season run before his worst start of the season on Wednesday against Milwaukee, allowing seven runs on eight hits. With a season-high four walks over three-plus innings, he had one walk over his previous three starts. Probably not the team that Matt Boyd wants to face, even last season, which was considered his best year at the Major League level. He did not pitch well against the Royals. One start against him so far this year, he didn't pitch very good against them either. You know, you're praying for some sort of silver lining here. I mean, already this season's been a disaster for Matt Boyd. I don't know if there's any pitcher whose stock has taken a bigger hit in 2020 over a a meaningless 60-game season the way that Matt Boyd has. He has been so abysmal, and this is probably not the team he's going to want to face. The Royals have been pretty darn successful against them. And, And I'll talk about the Royals here for a second. Look, as bad as they've been over the last several years, and they've been awful. I mean, they have just reeked. There's been something kind of admirable about the way they play. Like, there's some, I kind of wish the Tigers would be more like this, where, like, as bad as they are, and I have no problem with the Tigers wrapping up the draft picks the way that they have over the last 
several seasons at least the Royals have somewhat of an identity like I think they play hard I you know at the I don't know it's just an observation I've made about them and they do have one of the best players in baseball everyone always calls him underrated Whit Merrifield I'm talking about but I, I think let's call this Joey Votto syndrome where a guy gets called underrated for so long that it kind of comes full circle and they become properly appreciated I feel that way with Whit Merrifield is one of my favorite players to watch and Jorge Soler is an absolute tank as well for them had a monster season a year ago not a good team by any means, but definitely not a, a pushover. They they aren't terrible. And especially when you have a team in Detroit who's struggling the way they are and a pitcher in Matt Boyd who's struggled the way he has, this is uh, not going to be an easy ball game for the Tigers. So that will do it for today's show. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2014. There you will find the link to my YouTube page in which I review movies. Please subscribe to that. I'm going to be having a movie review coming out probably later this week for the new Netflix film, The Devil All the Time, with Tom Holland and my dude Rob Pattinson, Batman, I'm vengeance. Can't wait for that. Uh, and you can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Tigers. While you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a positive review of this show. It would be much, much appreciated. You know, yesterday's podcast I didn't think was great. I wasn't feeling great, and I have I have days like that. I wish I didn't, man. I, 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 really, I really do. I wish I wasn't so messed up, but... Uh, I appreciate your support. I, I, I just I don't feel like I'm connecting with people the way I connected with people over the last several seasons, and hopefully, uh, hopefully I can work on that. But either way, if you're listening, I appreciate you sticking with it. Thank you very much. Have a great rest of your day, and go Tigers.